World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, first of all, I want to... Apologize for yesterday. He said, what are you apologizing for? I just wasn't at the top of my game yesterday. I mean, you, you guys, maybe you didn't know, but I, I sure know. I walked up the steps. I was thinking to my, said to myself, that's, that's as bad as shows I've ever done. Uh, just try, you, you know, I know in my heart, I know what's going on in my heart and the continu- continuity of a program. And uh, I never got into that groove yesterday. So hopefully we'll double down, double up on it uh, today. And uh, where are our heroes? Where are our heroes? Do we even do we even know what a hero is anymore? When did when did uh, I got some heroes? I'm gonna I'm gonna show you today some heroes I want to talk about today. I guess ask yourself this: Are you primed to be one? Are, are you are you ready to be one? And do you know that most times a hero doesn't look like a hero at the beginning? When everything begins. A hero usually is swimming upstream. And I have an old saying that I use it, even the dead fish float downstream. Um, there are heroes getting ready to be made right in, our, right in our midst, folks, right in our midst. And why are there heroes getting ready to be made? Because the Lord's going to need them. We're, we're going to need a miraculous intervention of Almighty God to rescue this thing we call America, if we even do rescue it. It won't be done without the miraculous intervention of Almighty God. And God's always used people, always used people. I was really, really uh, impacted yesterday. I, I watched uh, Bloody Hill. I don't know about you guys. I, I watched it in toto as I was doing my work, had it in my earphone, listening to it three, three different times yesterday. Three different times I listened to that. And... Uh, I, I I couldn't I couldn't help but think of, of of a phrase a guy here on the radio station in Columbus, Ohio, years and years ago. Used to say, "Ain't about time somebody done something." Ain't about time. Now they're trying to they're trying to steal our guns. They're trying to starve us. They're cutting back on our fuel. They still want to fight to kill babies. They're trying to pack the Supreme Court. Look, I, I, I don't know when our side's going to wake up and understand that uh, we're going to have to, we're going to do something. We're going to really have to do something. And I, I want to, I want this to be an encouraging show. I want you to ask yourself if, if you in your own heart, are you prepared to be that hero? Paul Goslin's a hero. We don't see him as a hero right now. They see him as an agitator. They see him as a, whatever they see him as. But he's one of those guys who has literally laid down everything to stand against the system. We saw Sean yesterday basically has lost everything standing against the system. Why would we, any of us, think that we are immune, those of us in this huddle, why would we think that we are in any way, shape, or form immune to some type of uh, pushback or some type of trouble because we're standing against the system? My phone's blowing up our over here, thanks. Uh, I want to. I want to open with this. It's just. This just jumped in my spirit this morning. I thought I got. I got to play that because I'm going to tell you this. No matter how this thing, the, no matter how this plays out, from this point forward. Great video I watched yesterday of Bo Polney as well. By the way, you got to watch that one. No matter how this thing pull, plays out, um, some of us have very few days left on this earth. What, five years, 10 years, 12 years? We, we don't know what it is, right? And so we have to figure out in our own minds, 
if the opportunity comes, are you going to live out your last days in peace and a personal satisfaction? Or are you going to try to really make your life make a difference in those last days? That's really what we're faced about. People are heroes. They don't know they're going to be heroes until it comes upon them, falls in their lap, and they wake up and they have to do something about it. That's how heroes are made. Are you preparing yourself to be a hero? And I saw this, uh, I saw this video, I don't know, a long time ago. It says on here 2014, seven years ago, but I want to open with it this morning. Go ahead. And then Myra, you come in right after that. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Okay, you can cut it, man. You can cut it. Amen. I, I, I know uh, I know. most of you know the rest of this video. and uh, There's no God like Jehovah. We know that, don't we? We really, we really, really know that, don't we? And I, I, I just want to encourage you, not discourage you, for you to understand that uh, we are, we're coming face-to-face with days like we have never, ever seen in the good old U.S. of A. And I want you to know this, that that's, that will be, as Winston Churchill said, that will be the church's finest hour. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced it will, in fact, be our finest hour. You know, in the last couple of years, we've seen uh, the separating of the sheets and the goats, or as my wife would say, from the sheep from the sheep. And it's time for us, all of us, to, to, to count the cost and figure out whether or not we're, we're all in. Folks, all you got to do is look around. I saw yesterday. I'm not going to do gloom and doom to it. It's not, what I'm, it's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you to open your eyes and look around and see exactly what's going on. See that there, there, there are man-made, manipulated water shortages out in the breadbasket now in, in California. The breadbasket of America now is deeply locked in a drought. They don't know what kind of crops they're going to have in California. We see the squeeze going on all around us. And I just would say to you, stay with me today because I'm going to encourage your heart that these are 
Yeah, these days are going to be our, our the Lord's finest hour. We're going to see stuff happen like we have never, ever dreamed it would happen. Myra, come on in. Pray us on in here this morning. Coach, I will be delighted to do so. It is written. So we, uh, we read in Mark eleven twenty through 6. And in the morning, as they passed, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree thou cuttest with threw away. And Jesus answering unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, What whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea, and shalt not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which have said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Jesus, you're welcome to Coach Dave Huddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Myra. And I know uh, Liberty Mel's got something she wants to get in there. I don't want to go. I don't want to go there yet. I want to remind all of you of the Go Therefore conference. We'll tie something together here. Go Therefore next weekend. Pastor Mike Spalding down in um, in uh, west of Dayton, Ohio, Brookville. By the way, on Thursday night, Dr. Stella Emanuel. You guys know who she is. Pastor Dr. Stella Emanuel is doing a, de- a deliverance service on the 28th at the, at the church down there as well. If you want some more information, uh, just go to the website, Dr. Mike Spalding. There's Dr. Stella Emanuel. She is doing a deliverance service on the night before, Thursday night. Dr. Emanuel is going to be there. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is going to be there. Uh, J- this James Spence just had to cancel. I think I just saw that. Our man John Diamond will be there. Uh, on and on and on. It's going to be, it's, hey, no, nothing else, man. It's going to be a gathering of the saints again. So I want to encourage all of you to try to get there for, for that. And then I want to um, I want to tie, try to tie all this stuff together. Where are, we have to move, folks. Listen, we have to move from conferences to action. One of the, um, I, I had several meetings when we were out last week, and it was last week already, in uh, <clears throat> Cape Cod. And the, Several of us are saying the exact same thing. How do we pull this team together? How do we how do we put it into a functioning? How do we take Gideon's army of, of however many people they had and pass the salt and the 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 uh, whatever whatever group you would be part of? How do we pull these together into some type of actionable 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 event? I I got a couple of things I want to show you here today that literally broke broke my heart. I'll get you in here in a second, Joe. I want you to go to number three, if you can. I, I saw this on, uh, I don't know if you know the backstory on this. Uh, remember where I'm coming from today. Uh, I'm coming from three times listening to Bloody Hill yesterday. Three times. Three times. And uh come across this this morning. A J6 grandmother going to federal prison. Go ahead and play that, Spence. There's a video there. Pam Hemphill. Mom, how do you feel? You're here. Scared to death. I'm I'm frightened, but I know God's with me. I just got to take it five minutes at a time, one day at a time. Mom, what do you have to say to the American people as your last words before you go in? Just keep your faith that no matter what's going on in your life, God's with us no matter what's happening to us. It's going to be okay in our lives. We just lean on God and 
trust, do what's right, do what's right, and and help make this country better again, and support all those that are uh, right now locked up in the January 6 people that are not getting any trials. God bless you all. Yes. She has cancer. I, I don't know. I don't know what her. Uh, crime is but as we found out yesterday uh from having spoken to sean if you watch my bridey on show these are these are made up trumped up charges as i said yesterday there's a difference between something being legal and something being lawful and we are we are now seeing a nation we're living in a nation where legislators are making laws that are illegal folks it's happening all around us illegal laws and i want to I'm going to show you something else in regards to uh, the Second Amendment to the uh, Constitution. If you don't understand that they're trying to get our guns, if you don't understand that, you're missing, if you're, missing, you're missing the big story, folks. They cannot overwhelm us now because we still have our weapons. And I came across a video this morning of a guy named Clay Higgins, and I don't even know if you know who Clay Higgins is, although we, we played him on our show probably two, three, maybe four years ago. I can't remember. Clay Higgins, who was a at that time, was a local sheriff who was standing up against the uh, the federal government and the overreach of the federal government. And evidently, Clay Higgins is now a Republican Republican congressman in Washington D.C. And I want you to understand that that we're going to need more bold, unflinching, fearless men of God who are going to stand up in the public forum and speak the truth. We're going to have to do it, friends. Yeah, it may get you in the slammer. Yeah, it it might. It might. Well, silence is consent. Silence isn't golden. Silence is cowardly. Silence is yellow. All you got to do is what I do every morning, get up, in the, get up and look at the picture. Hang on here. Let me show you here real quick. Every day, every day I do this. I hate my phone. I'm going to show you though. Hang on, hang on. Where is it? Right there. Right there. Every day, every day. I get up and I look at that picture. And I know those little monkeys, that's what I call them. I know those little monkeys are counting on me. Boom. They're counting on me right now. I'm not, I'm not, going, I'm not going to sit Amen. back in, in retirement and leave this mess to these little monkeys. I'm not going to do it. They're, they're counting on their grampy. Play the Clay Higgins thing. Listen to this, folks. Presented statement, sir. Say you support confiscating guns from individuals determined to be a threat to themselves or others. Determined to be. But by this legislation my colleagues are putting forth, my understanding of the, of the letter of that law, which I 1,000% oppose, as would our founding fathers, the letter of that law is an anonymous tip from a citizen. So if this was law, Commissioner, would you confiscate, would you go to your neighbor's home and confiscate his legally owned weapons, a man that was not under criminal investigation nor under arrest? Would you do it? The red flag laws would. That's a yes or no, brother. I got five minutes to make an hour and a half statement here. It's more than a yes or no answer. It we'll move on then. If, if you cannot say yes, you would confiscate weapons from an American citizen that was subject to this law that my colleagues intend to push through this Congress, then you, and you said in your statement that you would confiscate those weapons if an American was determined to be, your quote, a threat to themselves or others. According to that law, determined to be is defined by an anonymous tip that an American citizen is a threat to themselves or others. You're a police commissioner, a thin blue line brother, sworn to uphold the Constitution, and you're saying you'd see those weapons. I see that as a problem. I'm going to bring us back in time to World War II. America's population, 140 million. 15 million American men came home from World War II with deep scars and significant skills. They bore the invisible wounds of war. And there was weapons everywhere. We're talking about mental challenge, 
My father was one of those men who was a Navy pilot in World War II. He came back from the war and built his family on the seventh of his eight children. I was born in 1961. We had guns everywhere. There was virtually no regulation. Any child in the 50s could buy a weapon from any seller if daddy sent them with the money. We didn't have mass shootings. It wasn't until 1968 in America that serial numbers were even required on weapons sold in this country. You order weapons through the Sears catalog by the mail. 19, in the 70s, I attended a high school, large rural school. Virtually every vehicle in the parking lot was a pickup truck, and almost every one had a rifle or a shotgun on the back glass and a pistol in, under the seat. And we didn't Amen. have school shootings. 1979, I began college. One of the jobs I had to work my way through college was as a carpenter. We restored historical buildings. We had to determine in the process of that work what was the original cuts of these, these homes, residential homes built 75, 85, 100 years ago. You could tell by the saw cut if it was a mechanical cut, an electric cut, or a hand cut. By such observations, we knew exactly how that house was originally built. And to my amazement as a young man, beginning college in Louisiana, working, to my amazement, you know what I discovered, Madam Chair? You know what these houses did not have that were built 100 years ago in cities in America? You know what they did not have, Commissioner? Locks. Locks. I ask you all, what happened to that country, man? A country where homes were built in cities with no locks. A country where guns were everywhere and virtually not regulated at all. Where millions of Americans, 14 million Americans came back. It's 11% of the population at the time after World War II with incredible skills of war and weapons of war, as you called them, everywhere. But we didn't have mass shootings. Amen. And here we sit today where an entire once proud Democratic Party is pre presenting unbelievably unconstitutional laws to press upon our nation. And we have a police commissioner that says he would go home to home and confiscate legally owned weapons if he got a tip. Madam Chair, I yield my speech, but I will not yield my opposition to these unconstitutional laws. Boy, there it is, huh? There Drop it is. a nuclear bomb. Wow. Drop, uh, boy, did he lay that one out. Hang on with it, because I want to I make a connection with you, okay? Uh, yesterday, pull up, um, Spencer, if you can, number two, and take it to the 118 mark. Folks, if, you've not if you have not seen Bloody Hill, you need to see it. <clears throat> and the fact, Spencer... Uh, Juan O'Savin, who's really the, the guy behind producing this with uh, David, uh, David Summerall and, of course, uh, Shane, who was on our show yesterday, um, they were going they were, they were to release this with donations to try to recoup the money, to try to get the money back to be able to, to pay for, for the money they invested in it. And Juan and those guys made a decision that we can't do it. It's too important. And they released it free yesterday, free on Rumble. So you can go to Rumble and you can watch it for free. We'll put the link in the in the chat. And I would ask you to share this with everybody you know. If we don't get the truth out about what 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 the, what they did to us and what they are doing to us, we're not folks. We're not going to we're not going to survive it if we don't do it. Now I want you to take it to the one one minute, one hour and eighteen minute mark. So I watched David Summerall, who right there was David. Boy, does he, 118, 118, started there. Boy, does he lay it out for us of exactly where we are and what's going on. So just sit back for about five more minutes and listen to what, uh, just listen to David Summerall. We're going to get David on the show too. Go ahead. This, I still contend, and I will say this here. I said it before. They used it against me already in my court case or my, you know, paperwork, whatever. This did not end well. Hear me well. Hear me now. This did not end well for the Nazis. 
it won't end well for you either. If I called you a murderer and people believe that, how does it make you feel if it's not true, right? The flip side of that is, how does it make the other people feel that think you are? So we can never get past January 6th as a people. And this will be our civil war that has already happened on January 6th because the truth of what happened is not what's being told. What's being told is to further divide our country. Think about this. The left thinks we went and did horrible things. The people that were there know that we didn't. But when you try to have that conversation with someone, how do you convey that? Listen, I didn't do all that well. The news said you did. The government said you did. We're looking at significant felony cases tied to sedition and conspiracy. This is not dissent. It's disorder. It's chaos. Order's on sedition. And it must end now. Focus on the most significant charges as a deterrent because regardless of if it was just a trespass in the Capitol or if someone planted a pipe bomb, you will be charged and you will be found. That is the discord that divides and conquers us individually. Left or right doesn't matter at that point. It's the government over the people, not the people over the government. I'm not threatening you. What I'm telling you is the people have grown weary. The people are now seeking the truth. Your overzealous nature, your action, your show of strength and shock and awe and force is not sitting well with peaceful people. We had an inauguration on the 20th. So I wanted to ensure, and our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible before the 20th. And what will happen, in my prediction, is you will end up like the Nazis. Who's guiding this? Not the people carrying it out, but I think those guiding this, you will have trials. They will be conducted by legitimate courts of law. I believe our Constitution will stand. I think it will stand uh, through this. I think I believe it will prevail. I think law and order and justice will prevail. And for those that have done this with an intent, with a reason, malicious intention, I think you will see those courts. And I don't think you're going to like the outcome. The Nazis didn't like it much either. If I tell you one thing, they tell you another, we can never come to terms and say, this is what happened on January 6th, so we can all move on and say, no, we can't ever allow that to happen again. Do you know what really happened? Not what they tell you. So when you hear the government say, oh, we've got to do things that make sure this, you're absolutely right. We have to stop you, government, from doing this again. We didn't do it. That's the point people need to understand. We went for a peaceful redress with our government of our grievances about the election. We were literally attacked by the police. And they've tried to say the entire time that we went there to overthrow our government and to kill everybody. Let me tell you something. I, I know this isn't probably the popular way to say it, but if we were cannibals, we would have eaten every policeman there in two bites each and gone home hungry. But you know what? We're not cannibals. We didn't go for that. There would have been terrible death numbers if that had happened. But that was okay, not our intention. Never was. Folks, I encourage you. Put it in the chat. I, I encourage you. I encourage you to, uh, to watch this video. And look, I'm going to open it up here in a second, but I'm trying to connect some dots. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tie some things together if you can. Bring up number one for me. <clears throat> Silver, you in here today, Silver? Silver's always in here. Yes, sir. Okay, Silver, this is Hebrews 1. And folks, I want you to, I just, I just want you to listen to this. This is what the Bible calls, or the Bible doesn't call it, those who read the Bible call it the Faith Hall of Fame. Nameless, faceless people. Hebrews who simply 11. stood, who simply stood. So uh, this is a whole chapter, but it's okay. Go ahead and, go ahead and read this, Joe. Okay, Coach, thank you. 
Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he became dead, yet speaketh. Amen. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. Are you pleasing God today, folks? Are we pleasing God? Go ahead, Joe. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mm. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. He went out, Joe, and he didn't even know where he was going. He didn't even know what he was going to do. Not a clue. By faith, he sojourned into the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Isn't that something? Took his boys with him. He let his boys be part of the vision. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. A kingdom. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. I'm one of those little pebbles of sand, Joe, so are you, all of us, of a vision of one man who didn't know what he was going to do, but plunged out anywhere, took folks with him. Go ahead, Joe. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. Restore, return and restore. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Wow. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. 
by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy pleasures of sin. He wouldn't become a government employee. He would not become a government employee and sell out his family just to have a good position. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. That's right. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. Mm. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. Okay, Joe, so here is why I compare this part right now to the part when we read in the Sermon on the Mount, when the Lord begins to talk, blessed are they, blessed are they, blessed are they, blessed are they, blessed are they. And then all of a sudden, in Hebrews, it goes from naming the people to the unnamed heroes. The unnamed heroes, the ones who... Normandy Beach, Omaha Beach, the rice paddies of Vietnam, strewn with unknown heroes. Make all the difference. Go ahead, Joe. And what shall I say? What more shall I, excuse me, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of the lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had tried. Hey Joe, hey Joe, hey Joe. We don't even know the names of these people. They're just others. They're just others. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us, should not be made perfect. They they ran their race. It's a relay race. They ran their race. They passed the baton to the next generation, passed it to the next generation. But the race isn't over till we all complete the race. So it says that God having, and all these, having obtained a good report through faith, didn't receive the promise. What was that? What? They didn't receive the promise of eternal life in the kingdom of God. They didn't receive the promise. Why? Because God having provided something better thing for us that they without us can't finish it. If you think that this trail of heroes is going to go down under the regimen of Joe Biden, you've got another thing coming, boys and girls. If you think that Luciferian, communistic, left-leaning, God-hating whatevers are going to win, you got the story backwards, folks. Amen. We're about to see an awakening and a movement of God 
in America like we have never seen. But we have to understand that we have to be faithful to play our role, do our part, and it may not be all that glorious. But they, without us, should not be made perfect. That what it says? Those little dudes right there. What a time to be alive, man. What a game we got in front of us. Joe Carrico, come on in. By the way, Joe, thanks okay. for the offering. Thanks for the offering. Showed up yesterday. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. I, I thank you for this possibility of being here with such a great team. Thank you, such a fantastic coach. And, uh, uh, you know, spirit's moving on me when I'm listening to Myra's prayer and then with Hebrews 11, Mark 11 and Hebrews 11. I think those two should be joined at the hip and we should mm. join them because we, when we're praying, as I've been reminded sometimes in our in, in communion on Fridays, that if we pray from the right hand of the Father with the Lord as part of it, in the body, from that perspective, far above our problems down here, when we're praying from there, it's our strongest praying point. And if we pray from there with a Mark 11 picture of a victory in our hearts and in our mind and in our soul, we pray to the Lord, we see a picture of the victory and say, this Lord or something better. Yes, Maybe Lord. he was a better one. And we don't have the fear in our heart that we're afraid of something because we're going to see stuff shortly that we had never dreamed possible. Amen. To see. Amen. You do not pray with the fear in your heart because then you will get it. You'll get that because that is in your heart what you think you're going to receive. Amen. So you Amen. pray with a belief and a knowing that what you want or something better is going to be delivered to you by the Lord. We have all been walking with the Lord now and praying in the morning and in the night. And many of us constantly throughout the day in a conversation, maybe for the last little bit or since we were children. But this constant conversation has to be focused on we're coming through this. And it's we're coming through it. And we have to pray with a positive belief and faith in our heart. Thank you. Amen. He's a rewarder of those who diligently. He's not a punisher. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the mindset of the church has got to move from one of defeat to one of victory. We're marching to victory, friends. We're marching to victory. We're late in the game. We haven't realized what's been going on. We've been told a lot of stuff that's not true. We've trusted a lot of people we shouldn't have trusted. We've been sold out by a lot of people we thought were on our side. But his truth is marching on. His truth is marching on. Joe Allen and Clay. I'm sorry, Coach. Can I have the floor for about a minute? Sure. Why are you sorry? I, I deplore everyone is listening to contact four departments, your senator of your state, your governor, your chief magistrate, which is your sheriff, and your local PD office. The three digits are are going out requesting, they put a letter requesting to the governors to have all CWP owners of each state to be handed over for review. The the Congress, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, have put a bill out, H.R. 4350, is a a power for sums to go to the military. And in this, they put pork in their bills that Congress will relinquish their control and the military to the president as a dictator that government no longer uh, represents me joe that's right i've come to that that realization that that whatever that thing is in washington dc no longer represents me they they have become an enemy they become the time the time is coming thank you coach time's coming baby time is coming clay well if you love trust and honor your father then I believe that you're supposed to 
do what he tells you to do and serve him accordingly. And that scripture that that Silver read there, I believe that uh, they did not go by faith that they didn't that they would not suffer. They went by faith that their actions would be pleasing to the heavenly Father and that they would be mm-hmm. serving him accordingly. That's what their faith was in. That they that they would do what they were called to do at the appointed time and serve their heavenly Father, no matter what earthly actions happen to them. And that's what that's, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to prepare myself mentally to do that same thing. Amen. Amen. Got to be all in, brother. Got to be all in, Dale. Sorry, brother. I got soap in my eyes, man. He called me just as I was washing my face. Brother, I'm not even going to get on the pistis part of what faith is. But, brother, let's remember, there's no chapters and no breaks in the original manuscript. We're reading out of Hebrews 11, and when it closes out and goes into chapter 12, therefore, that word therefore is there for a reason. There is such a great cloud of witnesses. Get this picture, coach. Hang on a second. Spencer, bring up uh, Hebrews 12. Go ahead. You're not going to become part of the great cloud of witnesses until you first entered the game. You understand what I'm saying? Those people graduated to the stands to be able to cheer us on. We're in a situation of a church that's in the stands thinking they never got to enter the field and that they're going to make it as part of that great cloud of witness. That great cloud of witness are therefore because that's what was written in Hebrews 11 of people who actually took action on the battlefield and they graduated to the heavenly stands and they are encouraging us to get on the field or you'll never enter into that great cloud of witness. Amen, Dale. That's folks 11 and 12. Wherefore, seeing we're encompassed about. He just talked about all these people. He said, now they're sitting up there watching a great cloud of witnesses. So they all laid it down before us. They're all watching now. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the Christ's cross, despised the shame. And right now he's sitting down at the right throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, yet lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. It goes on and on and on. Do you see that? Do you see this, Coach? Those people, they were football players in their day, brother, and they graduated to the stands. Somehow or another, we in the churchy of America, we think we can sit in the stands and we'll graduate to the heavenly stands. Uh Uh-uh. That stand that we're playing, that we want to sit in in the church today, that's going to be your kingdom here on earth. It ain't going to be in the heaven. There's, hey, listen, I hate to tell you that there's a Normandy beach in our future, folks. Don't think there isn't. There's a Normandy beach coming. Mel, come on in, then John. All right. So following up on what Dale said, um, are you ready to enter the field? Spencer, if you would bring up today's action on the Liberty Action Network website. So as you know, um, Coach went to Cape Cod and um, you know, with the with watching the the movie Bloody Hill, and I mean, it's just really obvious that we need to do an action regarding the January sixth political prisoners. So if you scroll down a little bit, there's Spencer. At the top just talks about what the different roles are, um, but it starts off as a um, kind of a just talking about what happened on January sixth. That there were almost two two million of us there, so a lot of us witnessed exactly what happened and did not happen there, and. Um, you know, if you watch Bloody Hill, which I've put the link here, um, you know, it really lays out that America has become a gulag. So, um, you know, the political prisoners have been held in custody in custody without charges for 18 months. And like Coach says, we need to shine a light and make noise about this injustice. And um, so to prepare for this action, um, I'd like for each of you to watch the Bloody Hill um, video that was released by Wano Saban. And also at the end, their call to action resources are at stopthehate.com. So after you watch the video, go there and look at the resources. We don't want to recreate what they've already done. So we want to come alongside them. So this action has been organized by myself, Craig Mickle, and Reggie Fashbaugh. So the resources are listed first. 
And um, we're asking everybody to begin by, um, you know, there's a song, I put a song link there, Created Me a Clean Heart. So we just want to make sure that we're going into this with the attitude of a clean heart. And then the stakeholders, um, we're asking to stake Washington, D.C. if you're close, where the prisoners are being held. And remote stake um, by printing a picture of the prison locations if you're not near Washington, D.C. Air Force prayer team, pray for every political prisoner and their families. Um, use imprecatory prayers against the liars and those spreading false information about what happened on January 6th. Also imprecatory prayers against those who planned the chaos and organized the infiltrators and the provocateurs. Um, special forces, identify political prisoners in your area and support the families. Create a way to shine a light and make noise about the lies and injustice towards these political prisoners. Initiate a letter writing and care package campaign locally, statewide, and nationally in your sphere of influence. The goal is to create a national campaign that creates an overabundance of attention on these prisoners. Shine the light and make noise. Share this action with all of your contacts on social media and personal contacts. Infantry, we just ask that you join in with this effort of you know, sending letters and care packages and use the resources at the Stop the Hate January 6th page. Spiritual warfare, um, go into five minutes of praise and worship, calling upon the Holy Spirit. Immediately start standing in the gap, the spirit realm, binding and commanding the summoned stronghold powers who are instructing and empowering these political Luciferians in the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Department of Justice, the nine panel members, B. Thompson, Zoe Lofgren, Adam Schiff, Jamie Raskin, Pete Aguilar, Stephanie Murphy, Elaine Luria, Liz Cheney, and Adam Kissinger. Bind them in Jesus' name, rendering them useless, deaf, dumb, blind, and silent. Command in Jesus' name only truth be spoken regardless of their will to lie. Bind all avenues of power in the spirit realm by the blood of the Lamb Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sever all ties that have created an ancient witchcraft magic to work in the dark and share this action. So, okay, Mel, so, so Mel, here's what we're going to do, Mel. We're not going to halfway do this. And we're gonna, we'll dedicate tomorrow's show to explain this more in depth of exactly what we want to do. Because I would imagine many people like me reading this is all good, but we need to, we need to hash it out. So we'll, we'll do that tomorrow, and we'll, we'll launch this thing. Uh, what is tomorrow's Wednesday? We'll launch it uh, on uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. Great. Depending on what, what, whatever we decide to do. All right? So, folks, you can read over that at Liberty Action Network. Prepare your hearts for it. We're going to go to war. Those guys have been in jail long enough. They've been in jail long enough. Putting grandmas in jail, folks. John, come on in, John Scherer. Can, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I spent four years in the United States Coast Guard. There in boot camp, they took 50 guys who were from all over the country, and they broke us down so that we became team. We had to become a team so that we would fight for, for each other and we'd die for each other. An example of that was in a little Coast Guard cutter, if you're out there in a sea, a rough sea with 50-foot seas, and that cutter goes down and there's only so many life, uh, lifeboats. There's not enough lifeboats that if all men go in the water that they all can't fit on the lifeboats that are available. So what we were taught was half go in the water, hang on the side, Half go in the boat, and so that all survive. And then you take turns. You take turns because we all wore out by treading water, so then you got rest. The only ones that did go in were those who were bleeding, so they wouldn't pull the sharks together. So I think it's a little analogy of what the church should do, is that the, there's so few people willing to go to the front that they wear out, and there's no re, uh, reserves coming to take their place and let them go back and rest. That's why I say Amen. What's well said, John. That, that, that painted a really, really good picture for us. That's, a, that's exactly where we are, man. And uh, look, look, talk's cheap. Folks, it's coming down hard around us, coming down hard around us. Dr. Paul, come in, and Jeff. I was mentioning to folks earlier that uh, my, yeah, my baby sister was walking her dogs in Georgia, and uh, she was attacked by a dog, and she maced them, and they called the cops on her. And apparently she's on some list because she filled out the wrong federal form for a gun. And this was like three years ago. So you tell me that there's not, 
they're not uh, weaponizing the federal government. I mean, they extradited her to Virginia, and she's been in jail for three and a half weeks. This is a kid that does nothing but take care of dogs, okay? Yeah, she went to a psych hospital one time after my brother was murdered. She was having a hard time, but that's what they're playing on you. Stay away from these psych hospitals. Do not see anybody but Myra if you have an issue. And uh, just be very careful when you go to hospitals because they're always asking questions about guns and does your father have a drinking problem? It's all a part of a big scheme to control us. I've known about this for 25 years, Coach. I mm-hmm. hate the profession that I'm in, but you know how it is. You got to feel the cards you're dealt, Coach. Amen. Amen. That's it, Paul. Jeff Klein, come on then, Reggie. Coach, that's why they're talking in these school board meetings that hiring more psychiatrists, hiring more psychiatrists are going to get in these kids' minds. But what I want to ask you is, did you hear yesterday the announcement that Pastor Neil, they're saying his signatures are short. No. Yes. And some lady, I don't, she set up a tent by us at the Trump rally. I think her name's Shelly Coon or something. I can't remember her name. She was getting signatures for her running for something. Well, supposedly she come up short. She'd been fighting it. And they started digging in the counties and found some signatures that were valid. They said were invalid. So now they're letting her on the ballot. This is what I heard from Neil. That she's oh, 200 wow. signatures shy, but they're letting her on the ballot. So they got attorneys pro bono. They're going to dig into this and oh, check goodness. this thing out and fight it. So here what we a go. Beast. What a beast. What a beast. What a beast. Reggie. Coach, the hour is nigh. You, you, you've called so many to the front lines, but so few are even willing to recognize their own demons and their own home that they have to clean. I, I, I witnessed this very recently. Um, and I think we need to really work with those who are truly calling a uh, stepping up because maybe they'll come along, but we don't have time to keep, to, to keep um, the people that are just dragging their feet. We, we need to work with the little Gideon's army that we have because uh, when, you know, I'm teaching spe- deliverance and spiritual warfare, there's people that sit there blinking their eyes and have no clue that, that, that they actually have to do something. So it's, we need to work with those. We have a good report from our women's thing, uh, this person was delivered and they are now saying, calling, saying, I am getting people approaching me saying, Hey, can you show me what you learned? You're a different person. Can you help me? So that those, those are the reserves. They're very few and far between, but those are the reserves that we need to work with. Amen. Reg. I'm with you. Jessica. I just want to say for those of you who think that if you avoid any particular demonstration held at your state capitol or or even the you know the national capitol and you'll be fine um it's a lie and it is coming to a town near you last year we had nine people nine innocent people arrested at an executive council meeting because they were there to protest silently protest the um the taking of federal money which basically gave away our state sovereignty for COVID, supposedly COVID relief, but it, it the writing clearly gave away our state sovereignty. And <clears throat> our governor used the state troopers to basically chill their First Amendment rights. They were intimidated. Um, one person was arrested for simply allegedly saying amen after an executive council member finished speaking and said something that represented the people. And she was arrested simply for that. People were arrested. People were hand-selected out of their chairs. One lady was um, connected to an audit in the state. We know that he, he selected people out of the crowd. So this is coming to a town near you. It's not just the Capitol. It's not just on the national level. Amen. It's here for sure. Full up. Spencer, if you could pull up Hebrews uh, 11 again. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, go, go clear on down, clear on down, clear on down, about 20. Go to about 20. I'm sorry. Keep going. I said 20, you know what I'm talking about. There you are. And what more shall I say for the time of not tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, Jephthah, David, Samson, Samuel, all the prophets. 
And through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lion. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yeah, bonds Moreover, bonds and imprisonment, they're stone cut, cut in half. They were tempted, stabbed, slain with a sword, wandered about without any clothes, destitute, afflicted, tormented, because the word wasn't worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good report through faith, they didn't receive the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they, without us, should not be made perfect. It's our turn now. See you tomorrow.